Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Write this down from last week. Jesus did not come into the world to make good, sorry, bad, bad people good. He came into the world to make what? Who remembers? Dead people live. Amen? That's the truth. That's why we're here tonight. The gospel changes lives. But there's also a spirit that comes against what God wants to do, and it is a spirit of deception. How many know tonight that deception never walks up and says, hey, I'm deception. Nice to meet you. I'm going to deceive you. How how many know that's not how it works? It would be kind of nice if it was that simple, but deception comes in a way where it looks right, sometimes sounds right, smells right, seems right, feels like, right? But it's not. And there's a great example of this is this in Walmart, this lady walked up to a uh, man and said, she kept staring at him. Have you ever had stare at you at the store? And she says, you look so much like my late son. I know it's silly, but it, it, he says, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am, about the loss of your son. She said, it's okay. I understand. But she says, could you do me a favor, though? As I, as I leave the store, could you just shout out, Good mo- goodbye, mother, as I leave? It would make me feel so happy. And the guy says, I'll be glad to do it. The old lady proceeds through the checkout, and she leaves the supermarket. The man calls out, goodbye, mother. And the old lady lays ba- waves back, goodbye, son, and leaves, walks out the door. He was pleased that God used him to bring happiness to somebody else. So he goes to pay for his groceries, and the cashier says, that'll be $362. And the guy says, what? I only bought a few things. He says, yeah, but the cashier said your mother said you'd pay for her. (laughs) See how deception works? That little old lady, looking like a sweet little old lady, deceived him out of all that money. There it goes. Let it rain. Amen. Y'all with me? That's how it works a lot of times. She looks so nice and so sweet, and she connived him out of his money. So here's what deception is, the definition. The act of hiding the truth, especially to get an advantage. Okay, that's what the definition of deception is. The act of hiding the truth, especially to get an advantage. Now, how many know tonight God is nothing about deception? Deception is not from God. Nothing bad comes from God. Everything everything good comes from God. So when we're talking tonight about this spirit of deception... There's a funny thing about this. i got to say this. God's got a sense of humor with me. I've always had buildings where I can hear the rain and no, and no, and no light switches. Breakers and tin roofs has always been every church I've ever pastored at. So he's got, a, he's got a sense of humor. But I do like the sound. Amen. Hopefully it'll rain the whole service and not spit on us. Amen. So did you all hear that? The act of hiding the truth especially to get an advantage. How many know God's never going to hide truth and he's not trying to get an advantage over us? So deception does not come from God. Deception comes from the devil. So what this, this uh, series is, is for us to be able to recognize the spirit. Turn me up a little bit so I can hear myself. Make sure that y'all are hearing me. So two key verses from last week. First Timothy 4, we got on the screen, verse 1, that talk about deception. 
Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will do what? Some will what? Depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Now the doctrines of demons is beliefs, and the seducing spirits is a spirit that pulls people away from the truth. Okay? And we're talking tonight, this is very important, we're talking about people who have believed. Well, I'm not, this is not a sermon for unbelievers tonight. We're going to give an altar call at the end of the service. We're going to have an opportunity for you to be saved. But I'm talking to believers that un- need to understand that the devil is not going to stop fighting you ever. And he wants to make you fall. He wants to make you a trophy of his. And, and, and falling away from God is the worst thing you can do for God and the best thing you can do for the devil. Because it shows that, that, you, that you love the devil more than you love God. How many know we got to endure to the end to be saved? And so in this same spirit, Jesus came along in Matthew 24. These are two verses from last week. Verse 3, and he said, as, he, as they sat on the Mount of Olives, they came and said privately, Lord, what, what are, what are these, the signs that we're going to know we're in the last days? And I want you to see something here. He says the very first thing. It's not earthquakes. It's not uh, um, uh, storms. It's not wars. It's not pestilence. What is it? He says, next verse there, please. Take heed that no one deceives you. So the number one sign of that we're living in the last days is the spirit of deception. And, and I'm, what, I meant, what I said about this last, last week, this is so important, is it means that people are walking away from the faith. I gave you an example of a pastor last week. That I'm not going to go into that again. You can go back and listen to it. But that Christians are, that are professing to believe in God on a daily basis are walking away from their faith. And the Bible calls it apostasy. If you look in your Bibles, you'll see that there. So an apostate person is somebody who has known the truth and turns its back on God and walks away from the truth. How many believe tonight that that can happen? How many believe tonight that can happen to you? How many believe it can happen to anybody? If God, or sorry, if Satan was able to fool and deceive Judas who walked with Jesus for three and a half years, don't think he can't fool you. So I don't say that to scare you. I say that to give you a spirit of wisdom and fear. Fear that we need to walk this walk out and we need to pay attention so that we don't get deceived. So those are the uh, verses from last week. And I, wrote, I, read, I said this last week, and this is, this is important. An apostate person is someone who falls away. So every apostate is somebody who becomes an unbeliever. But not every unbeliever is an apostate. What does that mean? That means you have to know the truth to fall away from it. So there are people today that are atheists. There are people who believe other religions. There are people who aren't saved. They're not apostates because they've never come to the truth. What God is saying, sadly, is in his sovereignty that in the last days, people are going to turn away from the truth. Meaning, they, how many know to be saved, you've got to know the truth? So they've known it. The Bible even says in Hebrews they've tasted it. But at some point, that old lady, maybe, comes along 
and begins to deceive. Or that person in your life that looks like they're, they're telling you the truth begins to give you little white lies or whatever it is that happens and you begin to be deceived and you begin to go off the path and believe the wrong things. So now let's get into this week. Genesis chapter 3. And as you're getting there, let me read the definition again so you can write it down of deception. Deception is the act of hiding the truth to get an advantage. The act of hiding the truth to get an advantage. The first deception happened in the Garden of Eden. That's why we have sin today. The very beginning, there was deception. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Let's look at this. Now the serpent was more cunning, more tricky than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, and here's the key, here's what's always going to happen in deception. Truth is going to be questioned. You need to know tonight what truth is. And I'm going to hit that really hard in a minute. You as a believer, if you claim to be a believer, you may be a new believer and you're just trying to figure things out. You need to know what you believe. Amen? Amen? You need to know, because if you don't know what you believe, you'll believe anything. And that's why we have to read the Bible. So Satan comes along and says to, to, to Eve, has God indeed said? So what Satan does is he brings up truth and questions it. Has God really said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Don't move it on yet. Do y'all see that there? What is the first thing Satan does? He tests their Bible knowledge. Test their, their knowledge of the truth. Test what they know. And he tests it with a question. How many know if somebody's questioning your faith, it's not a good spirit? That should give you a, a, a kickoff right there. Okay? She should have recognized this isn't God. This, wouldn't be, this question wouldn't be coming to me from God. Y'all realize that? Right off the bat, he, she begins to fail the test because she does not question the question. We need to question the question. So she answers the answer to his question and says, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, Lest you die. Don't change. How many know she knows the truth right there? She knows what's right. She says we can eat any tree except that one, and if we eat that one, we'll die. So that's the truth. Write this down if you're taking notes. Truth does not change. Ever. Dot, 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 ever. Dot, 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 Ever. However many times you want to write ever, truth does not change. The truth is the truth. It doesn't change. We change. People change. God's truth doesn't change. She knew the truth. She answered the question. So far, she's doing good, except the fact that she shouldn't even be entertaining talking to the devil. But she is. Let's read on. Then the serpent said, questions again. Will you really die? Will you really die if you drink of it? Again, she knows the truth. She's already answered the truth. But now he's, he's testing her to see what she would say. For God knows. Now he adds to the truth. God knows 
that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. This is, listen, pay attention. Don't let the, be, be, be mature enough to not let the sound of rain. Maybe you're excited about it like I am, but take you off, okay? Watch this. God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Guess what? That's the truth. That's the truth. Satan is telling the truth. He's not even lying. But he's questioning the truth. Because he knows that if he can get her to eat it, she's questioned the truth. And the truth of that, that is the truth. If they, God even said it. If you eat of that, you'll, you'll, you'll know good and evil. That's, that's a fact. And Satan knew it. But he's questioning her truth. He's questioning. He's, he's trying to deceive her with the truth. But you got to really know the truth. In the last verse, we know what happens. So when the woman saw that it was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate and she gave to her husband with her and he ate. That's how the fall happened, through deception. Amen? But look how much truth was in that deception. But we, when we get away from what we know as truth, that's when the problem happens. I've seen it over and over, over 30 years of ministry. People who come in, begin to learn the truth, have convictions, know what they believe, and then they get around somebody who begins to tell them something that sounds close to what they believe, but it's not the whole truth. And before you know it, they're, not, they're either backslidden or in a false religion or worse off than they ever were before, or they're grumpy Christians. One of those things. How many don't want to be any of those things? How many want to be overcomers? Now, here's how, how many would like to know on week two how we make sure that we don't get deceived. How many want to know? I'm going to give it to you very clear tonight. Unless you want to be deceived, if you want to be deceived, no problem, you will be. It'll be easy. You'll be easy prey. Write this down if you're taking notes. Or put it in your mind for those of you that are so smart that remember everything and never take notes. Ready? Ready? By studying and knowing the truth. Wasn't that deep? Wasn't that deep? How do we avoid deception? By studying and knowing the truth. When you know the truth, you will not be able to be deceived. But you might say, well, Eve knew the truth. She said it back to him, but she didn't believe it. If she'd have believed it, she'd have won the argument with Satan and said, yeah, you're right. We will see good and evil, but God said not to eat it, and that's the truth. Truth does not change. What does John 8 say? That we've, we've all heard this verse, verse 31 and 32. Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall... How many have ever heard that verse? Let's read it again, 31. Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, in other words, if you continue in my word, here's the people who get deceived, people who don't stay in the word. 
It doesn't do you any good to know the word if you don't stay in it. He says, those who abide, who stay, who endure to the end, who do not get deceived, you're my disciples indeed. And then he says, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. You'll be totally free because you will know what the truth is. The Bible actually says that we can rightfully divide the word of truth. But guess what he says before that? Study to show yourself approved. How many realize tonight, even if you didn't like school, you got to understand, I'm one of those people that did not like school. I stayed in school because of sports. There's no doubt if it wasn't because of sports, I would have flunked out of school. I would have quit. I would have given up. Sports kept me in. I didn't like school. Doesn't mean I'm dumb. Just means I didn't like school. As a believer, you better start learning how to study the Word of God. Can I get a better amen? You can't say, I don't like to study, I don't like to read, and just, and just play it that way. Because the problem is, is you're setting yourself up for deception. You must make yourself. And listen, this goes across the board. There are people in the history of this world that were mightily used. For example, Smith Wigglesworth was a plumber and not a smart man. One of the greatest men ever used by God on the face of this earth. It's not about your intelligence, it's about your want. You can read this Bible. You can figure out a way. There are people who are literate and still know the truth. Okay? Have someone read it to you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now, for homework, read the rest of that chapter because most people don't read the rest. It's some good stuff. 33 through 58. Later on. Not right now, please. Does anybody need any money in here tonight? Wow. So the ones that did not raise your hands... Now I want you to raise your hand if you didn't raise your hand just now. Be honest. A bunch of you didn't raise your hands. Come on, keep them up. Raise your hands. Be honest. Okay. Good. Good for you. How many need? Now you don't get a second chance. Those that raised their hand the first time, how many need some money in here tonight? Some of y'all raise your hands for both of them. Junior, I'm going to ask you for some help tonight. You, I, you look like you need some money. You didn't answer, you didn't raise your hand for either one. Come up here. I'm going to use Junior tonight. You want to win some money? Yeah, could you use some money? All right. I'm gonna, this is an object lesson, by the way, okay? Very important one. This is the whole message summed up right here. I ain't got no ones here. Or fives. Or, why aren't you looking at me? Or tens. <laughs> or twenties. Or 50s. You know what that is? That's a $100 bill. One, how many $100? There's two. Two of them. Okay, you passed the test. No, skin. All right, now, I'm going to give these to you to hold them. Come over here in the middle just so you can keep, keep on this camera. Okay. Now, I want you to begin to look at them both real good. Okay? And if you can tell me which one's fake... I'll give you the real one. Now, on, a, on, a, on bills, some of you may have worked in a bank. You might have worked someplace before. You, he, he's smart. There's certain things you can look at. You can look at the one number in the corner. If you put it at an angle, it kind of shines. You can look at the line in the middle. You can look, put it up in the light like you did and see through it, and you should see another face. 
you can feel it. You feel? The feel's really important. Feel if it's real or not. And, and this is how people know if money is fake or, or real, okay? How many are wishing you would have raised your hands? Now, which, you got five seconds. You had quite a bit of time to look. You tell me which one's fake. Five, four. His family's like, get it right, son. Three, we're going to Brahms after church. Two, one, studying it out good. All right, which one? Which one's fake? Time's up. You got to pick. They're good, aren't they? You got a 50% chance. Okay, just one more look. Okay. Yeah, which one? You doing any, mini, miny, mo? This one? You say this one's fake? Let me see the other one. Nope. This one's real. Sorry. Thank you for your help. This one's real, too. They're both real. You, you were really close to saying that they were fake, that one, they were both real? Did you believe they were both real? No. Okay. Now, pay attention. Here's the important part of this message. Do you know what they teach people? Listen to this if you don't get nothing out of this series. When they teach people how to know what's fake and real, you would think that they would teach the people the things to look for that are fake. Guess what they do? They teach the people to study the real ones. They study it and they study it and they study it and they know exactly what to look for so that they don't even, they don't, they don't even, they, don't, they just, and when and if a fake one comes along, they recognize it. That's how God wants us to be as Christians. We should know the word so good we should know the truth so good in our hearts that we, when something comes along that's, that's, that's truth, we know it's truth. And when it's not, it's automatic. We automatically know because we're so familiar with the truth. We're so familiar with Jesus that we know if a fake one comes along that it's fake. Amen? Everybody give Junior a hand. Second Timothy chapter 4. Thank you, Lord, for this rain. I hope it's raining at my house, too. Verse 1, look at this. How many are still here? I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and dead at his appearing and at his kingdom, preach the word. Tell somebody next to you, preach the word. Is that just for the preacher? Everybody, witness, testify, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort. That's what these messages do on a Wednesday night. We're rebuking, exhorting, convincing with long-suffering. We're teaching. We're helping you. That's what the Bible says to do here. For the time will come, and, and, and another version says, and is here now where they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves. Leave this there for a second because I'm going to read this again. Teachers, 
Church, there are people out there today that are being deceived because there are teachers that know they can deceive. Churches could put the deceivers out of business, but they don't because they don't read their Bibles. Do you realize today with me that there are many, many, many churches in this country? We don't have to talk about the rest of the world. With thousands and thousands and thousands of people at a, at a service every Sunday, and most of them don't know the truth. You, would you agree with me on that? And the people that are up there preaching, the people in the, in the, in the stands, I want to say seats, but it's stands in the auditorium, in the audience, the spectators are amening everything that person said and probably haven't read a Bible in their life. That's why they're deceived. Why, why, would, why, why, why today does the megachurch exist? Because people are being deceived. You take away people that won't be deceived, you don't have a megachurch. You'd be like the people in the book of Bereans where they would go and study out everything that said, you should study out everything I say from this pulpit. And if I say something that's not in this Bible, you should come to me and tell me, that's not right or this ain't right. You might have heard it wrong. We can talk about it. But you shouldn't just amen everything I say if you don't know it to be truth because amen means so be it. you got to study the Word. How many believe today, I'm going to ask you again, there's a lot of churches in this world that the, the pastors, I guess you can call them that, are speaking lies to their congregations and their congregations don't know the difference because they don't read the Bible. And lots, you know, lots of people say, well, that pastor's going to have to answer. And yes, he is. But you know who else is going to have to answer? The people that are amening him and giving tithes to him and showing up at his church every Sunday and, and being a part of the church that's preaching false doctrine. Everybody's got to. Let me go back to one in case you missed that. Let's go back to verse 1. I charge you there before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you didn't hear Sunday's message, go listen to it, who will judge the living and the dead. He's going to judge us. How we take this word, how we rightfully divide this word at his appearing and at his kingdom. Now let's go back to three. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Why? Because they'll be deceived. But according to their own desires, that's the problem. We want our flesh, we, if we want to do something, we're going to find, I've said this for years, we're going to find somebody who will preach what we want to do that's okay. Y'all realize that, that you can go, listen, and more now today than ever. I've been saying it for a long time, but more now today than ever. You can, any lifestyle you want to live, you can find a church that will say it's okay. Anything you want to do, anything you want to say, any lifestyle you want to live, you can go get around a bunch of other people, and they're going to amen it all day long, and you can get in that group and be, and be going to hell all together. Amen? In the spirit of deception. Go back to one again for a second. Two. Three. For the time will come. A time will come. This, he was talking about a future event. We're in that day today. Where they'll have itching ears and they'll heap up for themselves teachers. Next verse. And they will turn their ears away from the what? And be turned aside to fables. 
But tell the person next to you, but you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Don't fulfill my ministry. I can't fulfill your ministry. See, y'all realize today the job that's paying you, your paycheck, is to pay you to be a minister. A full-time minister at your job. Amen? If you get fired for preaching the gospel at your job, you're going to have an extra reward. Amen? What a wonderful reason to get fired. That you've been too much of a light. Amen? God is okay with that. He'll give you a better job with better pay. Now, if you're not getting this, to begin to close, let me give you an example. Just a simple, generic example. One of many. I already gave you the example of the money and how to know what the truth is and what's real and what's counterfeit. Now, listen, this isn't a takeaway from Junior because at his age, and I probably wasn't fair picking someone young, but I'm not, I, I'm not too sure any of you would have passed the test. But the truth is, Junior probably hasn't handled a whole lot of money in his life, okay, at his age. I know when I was his age, I hadn't handled any, I don't think. So he, didn't, he, doesn't, he hasn't handled enough to know. Now, if we had a banker in here tonight, someone who handles money every single day, they should know the difference, okay? But that comes through practice. That comes through walking. And like I always tell you, you're accountable for what you've received, you that are new in here, you're learning. But you that's been in here for a long time, you don't have an excuse. You need to know the truth. Amen? And, and, and so what happens is, is along the way, and I've always, if you go back to Genesis, and then you fast forward through all the Old Testament, and let's just get to the New Testament. And, and Jesus comes and preaches for three and a half years, dies on the cross, rises from the dead, conquers death, does everything that's the gospel that saves our souls, ascends into heaven, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, and before he goes up, he goes, go to the upper room, get filled with the Holy Spirit, and then go and preach the gospel to all creations, teaching those things that I've taught you to teach others. That's what he said to do, right? That's been the job for the last 2,000 years. So along the way from when Jesus ascended into heaven, the church started off good and perfect, but along the way, in different years, somebody said, ah, I don't know about that. And then a few more years passed, and this, ah, I don't know about that. And that's how religion started. Because there's always been a truth. When Jesus left this earth, it was perfect. Right? The gospel truth was truth. It was perfect. Took a few years to write that book, and when the last book says amen, he said don't add or take away from it. There was perfection in that book, 66 books. And from there, right, this person, that person, this person, that person, and then others stayed the course. That's how we have the unadulterated gospel today. Somebody had to keep it. How many are thankful somebody kept it? Right? We wouldn't have the truth here today if somebody didn't keep it. But unfortunately, along the way, lots of people got deceived. And so here's, a, here's an example, just to make sense, for those that need the elementary teaching. And I'm, I'm fine to teach it that way. Here's an example. In 1870, Charles Taze Russell. Anybody know that name? 1870. Started the Jehovah's Witness religion. 1970. It's only 150 years old. I always tell people, they came way too late. Amen? 
I'm not trying to be disrespectful. If you're part of a religion that's only 150 years old and the Bible's 4,000 years old, you came too late. Go back to the truth. But here's an example. He began to, he was doing Bible studies. He was doing Bible studies. And all of a sudden in his Bible studies, he began to say, you know what, I don't know about this Trinity thing. I don't think the Trinity is, I don't think God is triune. And he began to write down things, and he began to have people talk to And so they, they began to follow him. And today there's about 10 million of them in the world, which seems small, but that's also a lot. And then think about this. When he began to say in his Bible study, I don't know about this Trinity thing. Somebody should have stood up, and maybe they did, but not loud enough, and said, Charles, Genesis chapter 1 says, verse 26, in, in, and we will make man, and let, sorry, let us make man in our image. That's plural. The Trinity's been in there since Genesis chapter 1. But see what happens with truth? If somebody doesn't stop and say, that's false, that's not truth, then somebody else goes, oh, you know what? I, yeah, I don't know about that Trinity thing either because you know what? The Bible, that word's not even in the Bible. Do you know that word's not in the Bible? Y'all following me? Somebody should. Then, then they went on to say, you know what? We don't, we don't believe that, that God, being a loving God, could have a, a, a hell with fire that's eternal. We don't believe that. And so somebody should have stood up and said, hey, Mark 9 says, Jesus himself said, there's a place where the worm doesn't die and the fire's not quenched. What are you talking about, Charles? I'm leaving your Bible study. And maybe some did. Y'all following me? But the problem is, too many didn't. And he got enough followers to have enough finances and enough followers and enough power to write a book called The Watchtower. And that's the book they give to people today. I mentioned that on Sunday from a different religion, but it's still a book. They're going to hand you a book. That book, we don't need another book. We need the book. And that's the truth. That's the gospel. But all these religions that have come along have done the same thing. And so they've even made their own their own Bible translation called the New World Translation. If you have that in your Bible or you have that in your phone, don't read that one, please. New World Translation. And finally, as the musicians begin to come, 1 Timothy chapter 4. I'm going to read this to close. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity, till I come. Give attention to reading. Let's just stop there for a second. Let's just stop there for a second. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. But you answer the question. How much time have you spent in God's word this week? You answer the question yourself. I always tell you, if the only verse you read today was the one I sent you in a text... That's not good. I send that to you to get you started. I send that to you to remind you how important it is to read the Bible. you got to read the Bible. How are you going to know the truth if you don't read it? How are you going to know if the bill's fake 
if you don't study it. If you don't study the real one. How will I ever know what a counterfeit looks like if I don't know the real bill? How are you going to know the real bill? Studying it. Touching it. Looking at it. Reading it. How are you going to know the Bible? How are you going to know the truth? Reading. Studying. Reading some more. Underlining. Highlighting. Looking at the verses in the Bible that says that's where it's mentioned somewhere else. Going to a concord, concordance, sorry, I said that. Concordance, going to a dictionary, going to the breakdown of the word. Studying, reading, reading, studying, giving attention to reading. Right? How much have we read this week? How are we going to err from being deceived if we're not reading the Bible? How are we going to recognize the truth? How are you going to know? if? And listen, I could do this tonight, and, and lots of people would fall, and I could, I could say things and twist it a little bit and say weird things, and, and, and you, it would sound close to the right thing, but that's exactly what the devil does. We should know the Bible where we should say, you know what? And listen, I'm not talking about human error, because I do that all the time. I was making, uh, tell me, baby, Abraham's brother-in-law. It's a lot, right? Brother? Brother, right? Something like that. Yeah, I said he was his brother, and he's his uncle. Right? Now I got you confused, see? I'm not talking about a human error like that, but I'm talking about when you hear something said, you're able to re- That's not right. That's not truth. How will you know if you're not studying the Word? And then exhortation is what you're getting tonight, a preaching of the Word coming at you. But, but you don't just come and say, hey, check the box, I went to church. And if I were to stand at that door and talk to you after this service, you wouldn't remember anything I said. How much of this message have you retained? Well, I don't have very good retention. Well, write the notes down then. Well, I can't write. Well, have someone write them down for you. Do something. I'm not being mean, church. I'm being real. How serious are you about making heaven your home? Because let me tell you something. I know someone who's real serious about you not making heaven your home. Who has a full-time job. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't rest. He doesn't care. Doesn't care about your color, your size, your height, your past, your future. He hates your guts. And the Bible says he comes to steal and kill and drink coffee with you. Destroy. Annihilate. He wants you to spend eternity in hell with him. we got to read the Bible. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, and to what? Some of you, and I don't say, I'm not saying any of this disrespectful. You don't even know what doctrine is. But you should if you're in this church. Because we go over it. There's fundamental truths, fundamental things we believe you, that, that the people with these other religions take away. Like, for example, I like to give examples sometimes. Especially since the musicians aren't coming yet, so I got time. The Muslims don't believe Jesus went to the cross. They don't believe he went to the cross. They don't believe he died on the cross. Do you believe tonight what you believe? That's the question you got to ask yourself. Because if you don't, if you don't know the real thing, counterfeit will get you every time. Now let's finish this. Don't neglect the gift that's in you which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on the hand of the hands of the eldership. That's the church leaders. Meditate on these things. Give yourself whenever you feel like it to them. Entirely. 
How sold out are we to God? Pastor, I'm here on a Wednesday night. Look at me. Good. Praise God. Come again next Wednesday. And the Wednesday after that. And the Wednesday after that. And the Bible study after that. The small group after that. And every outreach suite. Be there. Keep it up. Amen. Keep it up. Until we make heaven our home. That your progress may be evident to all. I mean, someone looks at you and knows you know the Bible. Say this with me. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. excuse. Got to get in that word. Take heed to yourself, and there it is again, and to the doctrine. In other words, the fundamental truths. About 16 of them. You don't mess with them. And the thing you definitely don't mess with, you don't mess with Jesus. If you don't have, as I said Sunday, the chief cornerstone right, everything else gets off. At least get that right and start from there. Jesus lived a perfect life. Jesus died a perfect death. Jesus was born of a virgin. Jesus went to the cross willingly. Jesus gave his life on that cross. Jesus went into the grave for three days, and then he came out of the grave by the power of God, and he resurrected, and he ascended into heaven, and he's at the right hand of the Father, and he's coming back again. you got to get that right. you got to make sure you got that right. Because if people start, well, there's only, we're the 144,000. I mean, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but 10 million can't be 144,000. So who's 144-101? Who's, who's getting left out? Those are, they're, not, they're not biblical doctrines. Sometimes things don't even make sense. Continue in them. That's why I said keep coming next Wednesday too. And the following Wednesday. For in doing this, everything we talked about tonight, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Lord, thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit to recognize deception. Because we need the power of the Holy Spirit to do it. Because just like that very first example, God, the devil comes, the Bible says, as a wolf in sheep's clothing. That woman in that story deceived that young man with a horrible act of deceit. And our hearts are full of deceit tonight. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, Our hearts are wicked and deceitful. Lord, knowing that, how much more should we take serious our walk with you? Rightfully dividing the word of truth, reading the Bible. Lord, searching, studying, getting around other people to help us, teach us the word of God. But at the end of the day, church, we we have to learn God for ourselves. The Bible says, rightfully dividing the word of truth. Study to show yourself approved. Tonight, Lord, convict us of our time we spend in the word. Convict us of taking notes. Convict us of paying attention. Convict us to go back and listen to messages again. Convict us, Lord, to read your word more than we spend time on social media. To spend time with you so that we know the real you and will never be, de- be deceived by a false you, a false Christ, a false doctrine. Lord, as we're in the last days, whether it's days, months, years, 
We're in the last days. We're, we know the times we're living in. Itching ears are popping up everywhere, God. Help us not to have itching ears. Help us to endure sound doctrine tonight, God. Help us to believe the truth, know the truth, and walk in the truth and not be deceived. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this place tonight, how many quickly and seriously and earnestly could be honest with God tonight and say, I, before tonight, have not believed in the gospel of Jesus Christ as it was presented to me tonight, that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior, and Jesus came to be the Savior for me, and he died on the cross for me so I can be saved, and tonight I want to put my faith in him. I want you just quickly in this place, by the power of the Holy Spirit, just lift your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor. All over this place, if that's you, I see your hand. How many more? All over, I see your hand. How many more? I see your hand. I see your hand. Real understanding of the gospel. I believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't understand it all yet. When you're a baby, you drink milk. But when you get past the milk, you got to start eating some meat. And if you're milk in here tonight, you're new, and you're just now understanding, God's going to help you. He's going to teach you. He's going to show you his way. He's going he's to show you how to fall in love with him so that you can know his truth and know him. Maybe you're here tonight and you are one of those people that God's talking to that you've read the Bible back and forth 25 times. But you have allowed yourself to err. You've allowed yourself to get off the path. You've allowed yourself to go back to your old ways. You've allowed yourself to be in a position tonight where you're not right with God. You're not in good standing with God. You, you're making some mistakes that you know in your heart are wrong. And God is saying, come back to the right. Get right tonight. How many could say, that's me tonight, Pastor? Pray for me. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. Let's stand all over this place. Honest hearts. We're going to say a prayer of salvation. I'm very thankful for a church that gives an opportunity every single service to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Amen. What if tonight was the night you needed to? And we just said, well, everybody in here is saved. We don't need to do that. I'm going to ask you today, if you've, tonight, if, you've, if you raised your hand or even if you didn't raise your hand and you want to make a public confession of your faith in front of everybody, you want to say, I want to make sure everybody in here knows I'm a believer. Church, I tell you this all the time, and I'll tell you it again tonight. You can fool people, but you can't fool God. He sees your heart. He knows if it's good or bad. He knows Santa Claus came along. They made a song about him, but that was from Jesus. He knows who's naughty and nice. Amen? He knows. He sees. Don't try to fool God. Be honest now. Confess Jesus now, because one day we'll all say, Jesus is Lord. All across this place, if you've never confessed him, if you've never uh, been serious about it, if you've never understood it, tonight maybe the, the gospel's been presented to you. Maybe you've had a false gospel presented to you. And tonight you're recognizing the real one. I'm going to just ask you, for those that raise their hands, for any of the things I said, just quickly, while we're waiting, just step out to that nearest aisle and come down here real quick. Anybody that raised your hand, or you didn't raise your hand, but you know I need to go down there and make a confession of my faith. I want to go down there and make sure that I'm right with God tonight. Come on, I'm going to wait just a few moments. How many more? How many more? Are you ready? Are you right? 
Don't let this be played back in your life when you stand before God and he says, hey, you could have gone. I was waiting for you. I just wanted you to confess me before man. How many more? I'm going to wait just a few more seconds. How many more? How many more? Holy Spirit, draw them tonight. Draw them tonight, Holy Spirit. How many believe that you can be in church for a long time and not know the truth? Not really, really know the truth. Because that verse said, you shall know the truth and the truth will bind you up. What does it say? Set you free. If you're here and you're like, I, I've been coming to church for years, but I don't feel free. You don't know the truth. You're not abiding in the truth. This isn't a game. Has anybody realized yet that this is not a game? I try to preach every time I preach like this is the last time I'll ever preach on this earth. I'm not promised tomorrow. I want to make sure every single one of us, I renew my vows every day with the Lord. Lord, I just want you to know, I want to remind you how much I love you, how much I believe you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, thank you for the blood. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for taking my place on that cross. Just constant reminding him. He knows but I need to remind myself. Amen? If you confess me before man, I'll confess you before my Father. But if you deny me before man, I'll deny you before my Father, which is in heaven. I don't know any other way to do this than the way we're doing it right now. Just to come up and say, look, everybody, look at me. I I need Jesus. And if you're here tonight and you've already done that, praise God. But if you're here tonight and you haven't done that and you're still standing back there, I'm sad for you. I'm scared for you. Because you st- you'll stand before God one day and you might think, well, this, you know, I, this ain't my religion. This ain't the church I belong to. This, 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 this. You got to get right with God. Because he's not going to ask when you get to the, to the gates, hey, what denomination were you? Hey, what church did you go to? Hey, how many tithes did you pay? Hey, you're not going to go down and ask those questions. It's going to be all about, did you believe in Jesus? That Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Say this with me today. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I fall short of your glory. As your word says, I need forgiveness. I ask you right now to wash me clean. Cleanse me from unrighteousness. Change my life. I put my faith in what you did on the cross for me. I believe you rose from the dead and you conquered death, hell, and the grave. And today there's forgiveness for all of my sins. Wash me clean with your precious blood. I believe in you. I trust you. And from this day forward, I'm going to live for you and abide in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.